Welcome back to Passionate Pursuits. I'm your host, Bridget Quirns. This episode is special because it is a talk that I was asked to give for the Rochester Spiritualist Society on the topic of your spiritual light. So, of course, I decided to give a talk that centers around how all light emerges out of darkness. And the title of this talk was Into the Darkness. Scorpio to talk about spiritual light, you're going to get a discussion of darkness and evolutionary <laughs> destruction. So you're welcome. Happy light-filled season. Um, <laughs> please know I'm going to use the word God, but it encompasses spirit, creator, eros, love, universe, and all of these are woefully inadequate. And another note, I'm an intellectual. This talk is quite intellectual, but then it gets erotic. So hang in there. I want to take you back five years to a moment in which I tore up my script and rewrote the plot of my life. I was lying in a sterile, private ER bed, EKG lines stuck all over my body. A flustered nurse was administering round after round of medicine in an attempt to control my massively elevated blood pressure. After the last round, she remarked that they couldn't safely give me another dose, so she was going to go check in with the doctor. To cut the tension, I cracked some weak joke about how glad I was to have secured life insurance before this whole fiasco went down. <laughs> I knew. She knew. Neither of us was willing to say it, though. Death was visiting. And it wasn't at all what I expected. She felt cool, peaceful, maybe even welcoming. I realized, though this may sound odd, that I had a choice. Maybe she was giving me a choice. I could surrender and go with her or I could really listen this time to my heart. And my heart was begging me to trust my intuition, find my true voice, and finally become the lead in my own story. So I made a decision that rewrote my life. Or maybe I should say, I made a decision to follow the script that my higher self agreed to from the beginning. And I promised God that if I walked out of that hospital, I would do it all differently. So I was plunged into the darkness but it wasn't what I had imagined. Eternity is the womb of God, or so my spiritual director posits. The thought of eternity used to, and honestly still sometimes does, send me into a panic. But when I frame eternity, not in the forever light, gilded streets of heaven that my childhood faith told of, but in the calm stillness of a mother's womb, I begin to believe that I may survive this eternity after all. What is nothing, anyway, but the infinite field of potential of all things? Now, I know this message is about your spiritual light, but of course, I want to be countercultural and start with the darkness. There are three main points I will touch on as we explore how you can activate, or if you're activated, amplify your spiritual light. One, we must return to the darkness. Two, we must become enlightened. And three, we must partner with spirit in taking action. When we talk of the telos, which is the aim or the goal of existence, the expression of God as love, or eros, is the filling of the metaphoric womb. And this generative action from the creation of the universe to the fertilization of an egg to even the interaction of subatomic particles results in a characteristic burst of light. Scientists have observed zinc sparks when a spermatozoan fertilizes an egg, 
and two protons colliding cause two photons, which are particles of light. We even use luminous language to describe immaterial things like the spark of imagination or a light bulb moment, a flashbulb memory, sparks flying when people fall in love, and so on. Oh, and let's not forget the big one, the Big Bang. In God and Autobiography is Told to a Philosopher, and if you do not own this book, please run, find yourselves a copy of it. It changed my life, and I've read it many times, and it has many notes in it. God says, I am exploding, both I as a universe, and I as the mind and telos of the universe am struggling to create order and purpose and direction. I'll be quoting God from this book often during this message. God's description of the Big Bang is that God himself is exploding. And before that exploding, there was just serenity, darkness, infinite potential, and of course, a certain lack of order. Not because God was ever lacking, but because there was an imperative enlightening that had to take place. I want to propose then that all light emerges from darkness and that all expression or explosion emerges from first the inspiration or taking in of spirit. The etymology of the word inspire gives us the gorgeous image of breathing into something. The word for breath, spirare, also being the root of the word spirit. So to be inspired is really, literally to be filled with divine breath. Truly then, all the inspired action we will ever take is co-created with spirit. Our lives are an expression of this enlivening spirit. So if we're to create anything at all in this life, first we must find spirit, but where? Genesis 1, 1 through 2 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So the word for spirit here is the Hebrew word ruach, which is one of my favorite words, which means breath or wind. And later in the New Testament, the Greek pneuma is used for spirit, which also signifies breath. So to be in-spirited is to be filled with life force, and without this spirit, we're both spiritually dead and unenlightened. And honestly, I feel like these are one and the same. Side note, I believe our entire purpose for living and reincarnating is to gain wisdom and understanding and balance. Spirit, as you see, can be found in the darkness. Before we can find inspiration then, it's a natural expectation that we may abide for a while in this darkness. We must visit the emptiness. This is not a scary place. This is a realm of pure potential. So point one, we must return to the darkness. Everywhere but in the lives of humans, you will see a natural, seasonal return to darkness. And if we humans choose to ignore or avoid this cyclical return long enough, we will be invited, forced, to go there. Hello, dark night of the soul. All non-physical spiritual existence is a trove of potential. The potential for all things must exist in order for anything to be realized. And God says, in God and Autobiography, the idea of a thing must come before the thing. And speaking of the positive and negative sides of God's self, yes, positive and negative sides of God's self, God says, 
The negative side is mainly the side of incompleteness that motivates the whole story. There's a real yin-yang dynamic here. The dark, feminine emptiness must be penetrated by the light, masculine energy in order to produce a completion or balance. So if we observe the qualities of the feminine or yin, silence, stillness, peace, cold, soft, passive, smooth, content, wet, spacious. This sounds remarkably like the darkness alluded to in Genesis 1 where the spirit was hovering over the waters. And by the way, the word for spirit is feminine as well. So here's where we begin to introduce the erotic nature of existence. God discusses the realization or actualization of all potential in the language of love. The constitution of the universe is altered by my love and by my being loved. The telos of the world is imminent and transcendent. It's imminent in the sense that the seeds of love are planted in the world itself, in the human heart, in people's animal nature. It is the driving force of sexuality, which has an analog even down to the molecular level. It is transcendent in that there's an outward pull towards the ideal, toward love of the highest kind. So there is the telos in the thing's nature, or the person's nature, pushing them forward. And then there's the telos as an ideal or an object of love pulling us forward. Remember that love is what fully actualizes a thing. A person comes into full personhood only in a loving relationship, in loving and being loved. So, life is being drawn upward, or as we would say, evolving, toward a greater possibility of love. And God says, the universe is one great act of love. The purpose of existence isn't to get to some final goal, to some accomplishment or some completion. The purpose of existence is to do, to become. Dwelling in the darkness doesn't just bring us closer to God, it brings us into God. It's a space in which we commune with the divine, in which we open to receive divine love, in which we are impregnated or enlightened by spirit. When we allow this light to enliven us, divine light is refracted through us. Though we are not the source, we become powerful conduits. So point two we must become enlightened. In this dark, receptive space, we are primed to ask ourselves, as I was in that sterile ER room, what is my purpose here? What am I even living for? God says, the central question for the person is, what is my project? Why am I doing what I'm doing? The crucial dimension of God's story, and this is from God himself, is our personal co-partnering with spirit. So how do we become enlightened? We must allow ourselves to receive the limitless love that is both the ultimate goal and the force that holds together the fabric of the universe. And I know, it can be difficult to allow ourselves to be fully loved. After all, allowing love in means we are penetrated by a piercing light, we are fully seen and witnessed, and we get reflected back to ourselves. But honestly, anything that we hold as an obstacle to feeling loved is a burden that we allow. You have a beautiful soul. God loves you because you are a spark of the divine. God literally cheers for your soul to win its race of spiritual development and enlightenment. 
And in case you missed it, you didn't catch it. You are divine. God even says so. In part, things are expressive mediums for me. I relate in full intimacy to you as you experience yourself. So we're an expressive medium for God. Get this. God is expressing God's self through me, through you, through humanity. When we return to the womb, to the quiet stillness, and we allow spirit to inspire us, we become fertile. We are born again as enlightened fountains of spirit. We have become the light of the world. We shouldn't dwell forever in the darkness, of course, but we cannot become enlightened without re-entering it. And great news, this is a process that goes on forever, over and over and over. Existence is an infinite process. If God says the point of reality is to produce a complex, integrated whole, suffused with spirit, reflecting a fully developed God, then I have to believe that as part of that story, and we are, the point for us is also to become a complex, integrated whole, saturated with spirit, literally glowing beacons reflecting our fully developed, highest selves. So, what does this all mean? I told you, I made a promise to God that if I walked out of that hospital, oh look, I did, I'm here, <laughs> I would do it all differently, and I did. I spent years, four years to be exact, abiding in the darkness, but those years were the gestation period for the most incredible transformation. In hours, I went from heart failure to no signs of distress. In months, I quit my full-time job, in years, I left my church, read dozens of books, hired a personal coach, consciously uncoupled, came out, and did more personal growth and development than I imagined was humanly possible. Oh, and the good news. I found indescribable, life-changing love, too. Love that evolves and deepens as we support one another in becoming our highest selves. Before I entered my own darkness, my life was fraught with disharmony. Who I knew myself to be and the character I showed up playing in every theater of my life was different. At home, I could be a good, caring mother and wife, but I couldn't be gay. At church, I could wildly worship the God who has always been present for me, but I couldn't talk about mediumship or reincarnation. At work, I could lovingly serve my students, but I couldn't expose them to the realities outside their sheltered worlds. I knew my world was falling apart, but I fought so hard to keep it all together until my heart failed. Then I couldn't ignore the fragmented condition of my life anymore. So point three, we must partner with spirit in taking action. Once we're aware of the areas requesting our attention, it's time to ask spirit to direct our aligned actions. I gladly accepted my invitation into the darkness. I could have accepted an invitation to death, but I chose the darkness instead. And your invitation is waiting, or maybe you're already there, fumbling for a sense of direction. One thing I know now and I love is that our visits with the darkness are beautiful and are a necessary part of the cycle of life. And as I said before, we can either choose them or we'll find ourselves thrust into them. So as a spiritual guiding coach, I now choose to regularly enter the darkness with my clients. 
when you're with me, I want you to know that I know what it feels like, and I'm not taking you somewhere I haven't been. I will gladly accompany you as you feel your way through, but I'm going to remind you regularly that there is hope and light on the other side, and you are capable of this. Your intuition knows exactly what you need, and it will guide you as you honor spirit through your aligned actions. So, what situation, person, challenge, question, or perceived emptiness is inviting you into the darkness? How can I guide you as you navigate this space? Who will you be when your spiritual light is activated or amplified? And when will you accept the invitation to become your fully developed highest self? Thanks again for joining us for this episode of Passionate Pursuits, powered by Corns Coaching, LLC. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe now. This show is completely ad-free, so if you gain value from listening, please leave a review and share with a friend. I am so grateful for you.